know how hard I try not to be a stereotypical guy with a boat or a stereotypical Jewish guy or a stereotypical dad? It's a lot of hard work, but it's worth it. And I'm not perfect at it, I'm sure. But at least I try. Well, I mean, there are all kinds of stereotypes that we have, but I think, quite frankly, you are the stereotypical guy trying not to be a stereotype. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe say listen to it. <laughs> All right, so John Beardmore, after our dismal uh, podcast Yeah, we had a rough podcast last week. Yeah, the thing is, it wasn't that rough for me, um, but like you you said earlier, this is all pretty fresh for most of the world. uh, Yeah, you've been living with it for five months. This is all brand new heartbreak to us. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm actually in that. My sister asked me the other day. She said, "Do you feel like you're healing?" I said, "I don't really know what healing feels like, but I feel like I'm kind of getting my shit together." Does that count? She said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay, it's good to know." <laughs> yeah, I you think know. that's healing. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, last week's was a a more depressing apecast, and the universe likes to work in balance. So this week, our good friend John Beardmore. We're happy to announce uh, is now the father of three. His wife Casey gave birth to a baby girl. All are healthy. Everything's great. And I was thinking, cool. Congratulations, John Beardmore. Um, yeah. I hope uh, I hope that one day your young daughter can hear you on the Apecast talk about pussy juice. So, uh, man, what a what a moment that's going to be for that family. Yeah, right. What I was thinking, though, is because when John was on the episode guesting while you were out, we had talked about, you know, being in the phases of life that he he and I have like found ourselves in the same phase of life, despite me being 14 minutes or 14 minutes, 14 years older than he is. You're 14 years older than me, which puts you at 28 years older than John, I guess. I think that's the math on it. Um, Something like that. That's too many. There's too many math things going yeah, on there. But like. You've, you're no longer married. You don't have kids. Um, <laughs> so who better to offer advice to the dad of three now, his first daughter, as if that matters yeah. because gender's fluid. Um, but if you have any advice for John as he embarks on this new adventure. I do. Now, he's got two other kids, and I, and I think this advice goes for all three kids but now that he's got a brand new one, you know, the slate is clean. She's an evil, demon-like, self-interested, selfish, violent creature, as all babies are. He has opportunities. So here, here are my, my list of advice that I think should be advice actually for any kid, but I'm going to send to John Beardmore specifically. The first thing I'm going to say is no phone of any kind till she's 18. If she doesn't even know there's phone technology until she's Good 18, God. she will be better off. 
<laughs> she will be better off if she never and, and never just doesn't have the phone because her body image will be all fucked up. Just no phone. No phone is the first one. Even if she begs, if no, no phone. Second, what, is she thing, a mogwai? No matter how much she begs, no matter how much she cries, don't give her a phone until she's eighteen. Don't give her food after midnight. Exactly. Yeah. Don't get her wet ever. Um, number two, plastic dinosaurs, Legos, Erector set. Get her toys that she can pretend with, not shit that just occupies her time. Get her things, toys that, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't have lots of friends because we moved around a lot, but my grandpa, my mom got me and then my grandpa gave me a mud pit and I would sit out for hours playing dinosaurs and I created whole worlds with that and I think that added to my ability to uh, to uh, tell stories and write and all that stuff. And so I say... In yeah. the absence of a phone, plastic dinosaurs, Legos, uh, Lincoln Logs, that kind of stuff. Number three, only reward your child for doing a job, not for existing. Don't give them an allowance because they happen to be a human being. Don't give them compliments just because they want one. Give them a job. Give her a job. Give your sons a job. A job, and it doesn't have to be like go dig a fucking ditch. It doesn't have to be like a job job, but give a task they must accomplish in order to get that reward. Otherwise, they start expecting a reward simply because they're breathing, which is some bullshit. Number four, let her go out and get hurt. Let her go out unsupervised without a fucking helmet on and pads and just fucking fall down on the sidewalk and crack her chin a couple times. <laughs> Let her go out and just eat a bug and throw up. Let her live because the children I see today are not getting the opportunity. That's it. Actually, that's been, there's been studies done where this safetyism. I mean, there's two kinds of parents. There's the helicopter parents that we know. You know, we, we're familiar with. We know and the helicopter love. parents. Yeah, helicopter parents are constantly observing their children. Well, then there's a new term now called snowplow parents. And snowplow parents yeah. just push every obstacle out of their way so that they never have to experience discomfort or pain. And you can't grow that way. You become a very shitty adult, as we're seeing in much of our youngest generation today. Number five, I think this is five. Is this five? This is five. Um, have a read sure. comic books. Have a read comic books. That's how I learned to read. It gave me a sense of uh, scale. It gave me a sense of justice. It gave me the ability to read without learning to hate to read because too many kids didn't learn to love to read. And because of that, they're addicted to fucking TikTok, which if she doesn't have a phone until <laughs> she's 18, that won't be a problem. And then the final piece of advice, John Beardmore, and, and I, know, I know you're down for this. You should feed your child, in fact, all three children. In fact, this is both for John Beardmore's children and your children, but I think you're already on it. They should be fed a healthy diet for the next five or six years, a healthy diet of 80s action films. Um, you learn all kinds of things like how to hold a, a, a machine gun with one hand and mow down the gooks. You get, uh, you, get you understand, you un well, that's what they call them. You understand, you understand that the power of air blown and feathered hair, um, good t-shirts. I mean, Jesus. great, great metal music. Uh, a healthy diet of 80s action films is, I think, 
something that all children should have to uh, enjoy so that when they grow up, they have some of that perspective because <laughs> that perspective is invaluable. And those are my pieces of advice for John Beardmore. How, how did I do, Dad? I think you did quite well, really well, actually. Um, the only one that I think is... Well, I think they're all... Um, all but one are, I think, right up, you know, John and Casey's parenting style. So that's that's good. Um, and completely reasonable and have sound uh, purpose behind them. Except for the phone thing, which I understand why, but that's going to be nearly impossible. I mean... No, it's not nearly impossible. You oh. say no, you don't get a fucking phone. If your kid yeah. said, I have to have a Cobra because all the other kids have a fucking Cobra, all you have to say is, no, you don't get a Cobra. But I think that the way the world is now, like no. teenagers, the way we communicate and the way the kids have to get into things, like there are apps at school the kids need like for their iPads and things like that. And an iPad is just a kind of phone. That, yeah, well, the thing is, uh, one that you, that you only get to use at school is different than the one you sit at the dinner table and stare at like a fucking meth drip. Well, then I think you tell just, him to not have it at the dinner table. I mean, that's... No, we, you we, say no phone. Look at me, he doesn't have you a phone You say yet, no phone I, at all. I just... I don't if think you, it's realistic. You, uh, you know... There you go. I, that's fine. You know, it's like... I, you know, it's like I, I would say this... Yeah. You do what you I mean, got to do. Look, when it, what I mean, I'm saying is, thing, if you but, want your children, if you want your children to grow up healthy, and with a good sense of self, and without the crippling anxiety of constantly checking in on what other people think of them via likes and that kind of shit, and and a, if you want to, if then you don't give them a phone, no phone. I think you have to teach them how to manage the shit world that we've created through social media. Yeah, well, I don't I, think there's any the avoiding is, it. Well, that's what I'm saying. There is an avoidance. I, that's things. What I can say is I'm a happier person because I did not have a cell phone until I was probably 30. And I and I did not want one yeah. then. And those I didn't have 21? all the bullshit they have now. Yeah, yeah. I, I really resisted. The only reason I got a cell phone was that I was producing the Chicago Improv Festival. And Jonathan really wanted me to be available at all times. So he actually sold me his U.S. cellular flip phone. So that I would have yeah. a phone, and that was my first cell phone, and uh, and then I just kind of graduated to the Apple smartphones, yep. and uh, and I understand a pervasive call, but I've gotten rid. Of, if they don't, if they if 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 she's going to have a phone, absolutely prohibit social media of any kind. Prohibit yeah. it. God, I'm not looking forward to when Harry gets into that. It's it's a it's a fucking cesspool, and it makes you feel bad about yourself. Yep. And it ups suicides, and oh, it's such a bad thing. If there was yeah. no social media, there wouldn't be any canceling. Uh, it's a whole new yeah. type of bullying, dude. If there was no social media, there might not have been a President Donald Trump. See, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like yeah. it's just a universal bad thing. And if you can start, you got to start with the future. They, I bet to have children and a future. Da -da -da -da, let them lead the way. <laughs> Keep a phone out of their hands. No social media. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So speaking of universally bad, univer speaking of universally bad, you, we both kind of had bad things happen to us again this week. 
It's been a, it's, yeah, it's been a, well, that's things. I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, like I think you said, I'm kind of like a prize fighter who's just been punched so many fucking times. At this point, one doesn't even bother, they don't even bother me anymore. Just f- flame throw my yeah. nut, you know, like get, get a flame and light my nuts on fire because at this point, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, take your you best can take shot it. World. You're used to it. Yeah. So what happened? You were trying to take your dad to dialysis, like be a good son, and your fucking car wouldn't start? Like your battery just shit out yeah. or what? Well, the thing is, uh, it turns out that Priuses have a number of batteries, and one of them is in the back, which I did not know. And, uh, you know, hey, yeah, th- I can't decide if it's because it's, it's it, this car has always been in the desert, and now there's moisture mm. and leaves and shit. <laughs> And, uh, and it just, it just, the battery died. And so I went out and it wouldn't, my, my car wouldn't start. And so I'm like, ah, fuck. So I'd take my dad's truck, which is fine. I mean, it's giant. It's like the difference between driving the Prius and his giant truck is, is significant, you know? Yeah. It's significant. And I, it is so big and so long that I have a hard time parking. I mean, it's a completely different machine. Yeah. Me and my dad's truck parking in a regular space is like any Korean woman trying to parallel park in Chicago. It's just like 95 <laughs> points of, I got to get, I can't quite get the car. I don't want to hit the thing. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And, uh, Don, that's, that's two Asian jokes tonight. I'm just... David, you have to understand, uh, after my life blew up and my car wouldn't start, I don't care anymore. This episode is. Shit. This episode gets about three anything. rice patties for offense. For offense. <laughs> Tell me, have you met a Korean woman driving? Have you ever seen him? The stereotype uh, fits, even well, if it's shit, not dude, complimentary. No, it fits. I I know. I was running the other morning. Uh, it was probably like six thirty, and I'm running along Milwaukee, and this this fucking Korean woman pulls right out doesn't even look at me mm-hmm. and I had to like yell at her you know like hey and she's like what 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 and I just like god damn like oh fuck why do you have to be a stereotype why can't you be a 30 year old stereotypes exist you know black hipster or something you know like which is a stereotype which is a total stereotype yeah with a black flag sticker yeah and a see and this, a this Carly Rae Jepsen t-shirt thing is in, a, in our in our desperate attempt to deny that stereotypes exist, uh, it is it's sort of like claiming that the sun doesn't exist. It's I there; know. you can't no, ignore they it. Exist. And the more you lie to say it's not there, the more dumb you look. You know, you just look yeah, dumb. They're there. I just hate seeing them. I hate seeing them play out. That fit. I just think they're funny. I, the thing is, I don't hate them. I think they're hysterical. I, I really well, do. Like, um, do you know how hard I try not to be a stereotypical guy with a boat or a stereotypical Jewish guy or a stereotypical dad? It's a lot of hard work, but it's worth it. And I don't, I'm not perfect at it, I'm sure. But at least I try. Well, I mean, there are all kinds of stereotypes that we have, but I think, quite frankly, you are the stereotypical guy trying not to be a stereotype. Oh, I know. Which it's is the worst. which is sort of sort of a self-loathing Jew stereotype. I don't want to be Jewish. I don't want to be rich, but I also want to enjoy my wealth. I don't want to have a lot of money, but I also want to have a house that then floods. So you had your thing. Your house yeah. flooded. <laughs> and did you have flood insurance in Chicago? So here's the thing. No, we did not have flood insurance. 
Of course not, because that makes no... It's like having tornado insurance in, I don't know, where there's no tornadoes. Nevada, Nevada. okay. There yeah. you, well, they have... No, yeah, that's true. All right, fair. Well, the thing with this is that it wasn't technically... Although the basement flooded, it wasn't a flood that caused it. So in Chicago, on the northwest side, in Portage Park, uh, Lincoln Square, so up where we're at, on Sunday there was a massive storm that came by, and they have what's called a supercell that was just... A supercell is just a big storm that dumps a shit ton of water really, 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 really fast. We've heard of these things. Oh, yeah. The, well, do you remember the last time I had a supercell, right? That was when I had to evacuate Blues Fest out of Millennium Park and had to evacuate 20,000 right. people running... Yeah, so I know what a supercell is. I know exactly That's what right. it feels like. It just dumps on you. It just shows up and just says, Most, fuck off, here's torrential rain. Yep. Most of the time, these things blow through pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm. But storms, they last a long time because they're huge. Like, it's about the size, not about them just hanging out. Well, what happened with this, super, this particular supercell is the wind died and the thing stalled. So it just, like, hung out right over our neighborhood and just completely fucked us. And the drain systems got overwhelmed. And there was buildup in, in some of the sewers. So you could go online and you can like, just type in like Chicago supercell storm or Chicago geysers. Yeah. Man, manholes were bursting out and it was like Old Faithful throughout the neighborhoods. Like oh, huge gigantic geysers of gray water, which is like, it's not the, the shit and the piss. It's like dishwasher sink that, you know, like great, the dirty water, but not poop water. Um, yeah, that's like shooting out all over the place. So what was happening is the drains in our basement, like in our, if you have a, a shower in your basement or like most drains have, or most basements have drains, the water's filling up. So, we got, I came downstairs to, I think, get, like, get my, the baby Bjorn for, for Jacob. Because he was hanging on my office door. And I go down, and I, like, open the basement door, and I'm like, what is that smell? The, if the fucking dog's shit in the basement, I'm going to be soaked. Because that's the one room in our house that has, like, wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. And yeah. I was like, well, ugh. And I, I step down, I look, and I can see at the end of the basement, in the laundry room bathroom area, there's, like part of the carpet is flooded. So I, I walk further or farther and yeah, we've got like two and a half, three inches of water in like the back corner of the basement. And you know, it's creeped out into the rug. And when this then happens, like you need to clean everything out. Like, so we didn't lose that much. There wasn't that much personal damage. Um, but right now the basement, like all the carpeting is gone all the way up to the steps up here. The baseboards are gone. Two doors are gone because if it touches anything porous, like you've got to get rid of it because it's in, it's filthy water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's gross. But the good thing is we're able to go through insurance because this is well, this is not flood insurance. This is sewer backup. Okay, okay so technically you are covered. That's great. So we are fully covered. <laughs> they put a. Ch I got a call from our insurance guy. Um, it was so funny. He calls me the other morning. I'm trying to get Harry out the door to school, so it's kind of a chaotic moment. And I get a call from Toledo, Ohio, and I answer the phone, and there's no sound on it, so I hang up and figure it's spam, whatever. They call again, said, it's David. And he's like, hi, is this David? I said, yeah. He goes, this is Don Hall from some 
place. And I was like, okay, hi. He goes, I understand your sump pump stopped working and you had a you know bit of a backup. I go, well, no, we don't have a sump pump, but there was a major storm in Chicago and our the sewers, you know, the drains backed up. He's like, yeah, okay. Well, I just called to let you know that you're qualified, um, that you have qualified for whatever the, some number, I don't remember what the number was, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's just five grand or whatever. Um, and we're, we're, and I was like, wait, wait, no, no, I, I've already got an insurance company. We've got a claim. It's all handled from that. He's like, yeah, I'm calling from your insurance company. And I'm like, wait, who are you? <laughs> because yeah, we yeah. go through progressive, but progressive uses a third party for their homeowners. So he yeah, used like progressive that. Progressive sucks, but I get it. No, yeah. progressive's great because we're taking care of. He's like, all right, checks in the mail. I had a bad experience with progressive, so yeah, that, yeah. That's I've had progressive for my it's car since forever. My my, my boats did, are on I it. I did the, too until that fucking kid ran into my car while it was parked, oh, and basically yeah. progressive said, "Yeah, okay, you're fucked. We're gonna salvage your car and, and and sell it for parts and give you a grand." And I was like, "Are you fucking crazy?" Yeah, yeah I forgot so. about that. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that, that is a bad my, experience. My progressive. Yeah. But no, so right now the basement is gutted. Um, can't use it because we've got, there's huge, like five or six huge fans down there, air, you know, drying the yeah. whole thing out. Um, but yeah, we'll get it fixed eventually. And um, Katie's like, we so how did have you enough handle? Here's the, here's the question. You and I are having a, a, a sort of a moment, and maybe it is that, that prize fighter thing is like, you can only take so many punches before you just don't give a shit anymore. But um, I've noticed that this has been my situation, uh, including, you know, my, my, my life imploding. Um, and you're, so how did you, were you cool and calm? Did you lose your shit? Did you get angry? Did you throw things? Or did you just kind of go, no. like Job? Like, all right, okay, you know, God, throw your bit, you know, boils? Great, I'll take, oh, uh, you know, infestation? Great, yeah, I, yeah okay, whatever. I just, um, I went, oh, okay, basement's flooded, gets as much shit as I can off the floor, um, make sure it's not above the, um, any outlets or anything, I mean, it was kind of stupid, like, I shouldn't have been walking in it, you know, without hitting the breaker, um, but whatever, I let Harry play in it yeah. a little bit, too, <laughs> dad of the year, but, no, I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I called Harry Katie, play in it? Like, he kicked around for a little bit, um, so, but I, I just like, okay, well, let's get the shit up. And then I called Katie. She had just left um, to go do some showings for a client. And I was like, our ba- we've got three inches in the basement. Um, I, I might need help with the kids. Like, I'm not sure how, why it's coming in. Because like, I didn't know what was causing it yet. I just knew that there was yeah, a shitload yeah, of yeah, water yeah. in the basement. And I needed somebody to mind the kids. So she's like, okay, I'm coming back. But she couldn't even get where she was going. She soon found out because where we were, again, like, people were stuck under like the viaducts at Irving Park. Like people couldn't get through because of all the flooding. So Katie just, you know, managed to turn around and come back home. Thankfully she was able to get home. And we just, like she started calling plumbers and, um, uh, yeah, I guess just plumbers. Um, you know, and of course everybody's like, yep, please hold, please hold, please hold, please hold. Okay. We'll get to yeah, yeah, everybody's I mean, freaking out. Like the whole city, like the whole northwest side of the city was de- with, with this shit. You know, it was like, it was a, I mean, this is going to make a lot of plumbers' years or a lot of, you know, uh, oh, dude, reconstruction yeah, th- companies' a, years. It's going to be great. There's going to be a lot <laughs> of money that's going to come through. Because I heard it was like 2,000 households that had this. Yeah. Like I think insane. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Katie was saying, she, like, on her Facebook group, 
um, that somehow they've lived there since the 70s and they'd never had water in their basement until today, you know, until now. It's, yeah, well, you know, I mean, and, and the thing about it is here's the thing that I think that, make, that, that, that makes it sort of uh, kind of like, okay, like Job. Like, all right, bring it. Oh, toads mm-hmm. from the sky? All right, whatever, God, I can handle it. Is, yeah. you know, you've got in, you've got in California right now, you've got wildfires and a hurricane. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've, I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, you had Texas freeze over last year. Like the entire state froze over and they were, the weather is now our enemy. It's never been great for us, but now it's, it's, it's balls out completely. It's our coming enemy. for us. Yeah. And, and, and you, there's nothing we can do to change it. I mean, we could, we could probably do some things about our climate, but we're here. This isn't going to get better. Yeah. We could probably yeah. minimize, we could minimize how bad it gets, but it's never getting better than this. It's just going to keep getting worse. If we don't do something. And so at some point you kind of go, all right, so it flooded. All right. What it does for me is it does make you, it, it, it does put you in that perspective where you, you're, I know everybody's so focused on their stuff. You, you own a lot of stuff. Well, when when a mm-hmm. when a flood comes through and ruins some of your stuff, well, the stuff's okay. It was ruined, and I, guess what? My life is still going on. I'm still getting up in the morning. Yeah. I'm still doing my thing. I have you know I have my Wheaties. I'm good. And yeah. uh, and so it's uh, there is definitely a, a you know I mean I wouldn't be want to be homeless in this situation, but on the other hand, I can guarantee you a homeless person didn't have to have fans in his house because he doesn't have a house right Right. yeah yeah it's um you know i mean yeah like this shit happens it's it's home ownership nobody got hurt we didn't lose anything major so like everything is barely lost minor things we just we didn't like the carpeting down there anyway you know, like there you go. So it's, it's time. For, it was time for new carpeting. It's and fine. It, well, the only thing you're going to have we'll to probably do, have some probably, insurance money to do some fresh painting. Three, it'll be fine. Yeah. It, well, if you the thing is, if you had three inches of standing water, you're probably going to have to replace the baseboards and maybe even the drywall. You know that, right? So yeah, the baseboards are already gone. The drywall. I'm not sure if they're going to have to. How much they're going to have to take out? I don't. One one estimate guy said you need two feet of drywall taken out. This other guy that is like better rated and Katie, you know, that's the other reason I called Katie. Cause she's like, she's in the business of homes. Like she has, yeah, she does she's got houses, guys, yeah. you know? Um, so she trusts this company that we're actually been using, um, over them. And they haven't said anything about taking the baseboards out or I'm sorry, not the, any cutting any drywall out, but they're coming back I think they? tomorrow. All right. Um, to see like where it's at and like yeah, reassess the situation. You're, so, you're probably yeah, going to have to, yeah, but that'll cost. Okay, take it out. Whatever you got to do, do it. We've got insurance money. Like, thank God we had this provision, this uh, uh, sewer yeah. backup. It's not a flood. Just because your basement and floods we, doesn't mean it was and, a flood and what that I would caused argue it. That's is, the difference. Did, did Harry see you react to the flooding? Yeah. I mean, basically, my, my, his, what he saw me react to was like, hey, dude, we have a little pool in our basement. Want to come splash in it for a minute? And, and the thing is, you know, you, and, and, and we've talked about this here on the Apecast, is like uh, leading by example. <clears throat> I think that that's the kind of example that Harry needs to see, which is here is this catastrophe that happened or a potential catastrophe. And dad didn't freak out. He yeah. didn't throw a fit. He didn't start tantruming. He simply went. 
yeah, okay, this happened. Because that's the kind of thing adults do. Well, he and has seen... If you can seen, watch he, an adult do it, you can learn from that adult. Yeah, and he, but he has seen Dad throw a tantrum and freak out about things much smaller, like him not brushing his fucking teeth when I've asked him to please brush his teeth 17 fucking times. And now, Warsack of the News. Number one, nation's largest public university hit with class action suit over race-based hiring practices. Um, all right, so uh, Texas A&M University is the largest Jesus public university Christ, in the United Texas. States. As, as a part of a new initiative to attract faculty of color, the university set aside $2 million in July to be spent on bonuses for hires from underrepresented minority groups. The max bonus is $100,000, and it's eligible only to African Americans, Hispanic, Latino Americans, Native Americans, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians. This has been brought to court because it is, it, it literally is, uh, it, it breaks what, the violations, it violates like the 1964 Civil Rights Law, some 1893 law, the Fourth Amendment, and, it, and so... Texas, Texas A&M, and that's what I thought was interesting about it. This is a Texas school. It's Texas. Yeah, they doing, went the other way than I expected. That is, that is going the other direction and is getting yeah. sued for it. So what do you think? Um, I'm, I, I think it's shocking that the university's lawyers didn't catch this. Because it seems like I'm, I'm well. I'm apparently, all in favor lots of, of universities, what... lots of universities are doing this, but that, but the the thing is, nobody bothers to sue. No, I mean, it, it, the universities yeah, all I over mean, the country are doing this kind of thing, but uh, nobody bothers to sue because most people go, yeah, you know, this is kind of the right thing to do. But in Texas, I mean, the white just, men and women be a better decided way. this was not the right thing to do. It does violate, it does directly violate yeah, it sounds like statutes. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I find ways to attract. I mean, look, this is a, a problem for businesses of all throughout all industries of how to attract the kind of people you want to attract, whether you're trying to attract a certain um, skill set or skin color or experience or age or whatever it is, like what do you do to, to pull them in and get them to want to come and work for you? The easy answer is throw money at them. But if it's yeah, illegal, yeah. you have to get clever. And that's what it's, makes it, the business. It's hard running a business. Human resources oh, is hard. That's why human resources is run by demented, soulless, succubus, uh, humanity's lamest specimens. Because those are the only kind of people that can actually fucking do it. I would argue that the only people lower than them are advertisers, but that's just a personal opinion. No, the only people lower than HR directors are, um, are lobbyists. Where, oh, where no. do advertisers fit in this fucking thing? Because they suck. It depends on the kind of advertiser. I don't think so. Yeah, Number that's a conversation two. for another time. Pin in that one. Yeah. Number two, Lindsey Graham's 15-week abortion <laughs> bill sends Republicans into containment mode. This fucking guy. <laughs> I feel like Lindsey Graham just goes out of his way to not be liked by people. You know, like, 
I yep. think he's just like that that kid, that dork in high school that nobody likes, and you kind of sort of feel bad for because nobody likes them, but then you try and be friends with them, and they're just, they're just, they suck. And you're like, oh, this is why nobody likes you, because, like, you, you're not a likable person. First of all, if he could read the wind at all, and I don't, again, like I said, I don't know shit what's going on in the world this week, but I know enough that the Republicans across the board are trying to backpedal on this abortion thing, because... Oops, we fucked up. We didn't read the fucking tea leaves right. They weren't even tea leaves. They were fucking billboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Lindsey Graham is just going to go, oh, let's blow this thing out. I mean, who? uh, to what God does he answer to? What is going on here? He's a fucking idiot. Is he up for elections? It's, it's he's not this year. Is I don't. He? I don't. I don't think so. I think I, I. I have no idea why I did, but it's scaring the shit out of most Republicans because that's uh, he that, sucks. That has become a, quite a hot bud, hotbed issue in uh, in the uh, the elections, the midterms, midterms. Yeah. So maybe he's focusing on twenty twenty four, and just nobody's paying attention. Maybe he's playing chess, and everybody else is playing Twister. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but that seems like a. <laughs> Aha! I don't know. That, like, is Lindsey Graham move. clever? Like, I don't think he's ever been no. clever. So he's not clever. He's not really. I mean, the thing is, apparently, according to I think it, he I thinks think he's Biden. playing chess, but he's probably just playing checkers. Yeah, he's probably just playing with himself. All right. So uh, number three, <laughs> would you say? Would you say? Well, and I think we both agree, slavery, horrible fucking thing, right? Um, horrible thing, right? Who, I don't know just, which which slaves we're no, talking about. Like, sl- no, I'm just saying slavery as a concept I, is pretty much I a horrible know, man. thing. I mean, look the Jew, the sl- the Jewish slaves kind of set up the whole religion. So without that, you well, don't have much no, to no, go on. I understand on. that, but what I'm going to say is, you would say that slavery is a thing of the past. Yes, sure. For the sake, you, for, slavery is a thing of the past or terrible. No, it, it's both terrible and a thing of the past. I don't know that it's a thing of the past. Aren't there some places that are still Well, like you'd using... be right. You'd be right. <laughs> According to global Jesus. estimates, here's your headline, 50 million people worldwide are in modern slavery. Latest estimates show that forced labor and forced marriage, which is now considered slavery, have increased significantly in the last five years. According wow. to the International Labor Organization, Walk Free International Organization for Migration. So, and and overwhelmingly, um, this is from uh, nations of color. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that shocks a lot of white girls at brunch if they were to hear that. Nations of color, but, like, slavery didn't begin with the white man. No, it didn't. So, I mean, fucking nothing really did. The first man was probably black. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I... I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's fucking horrible. But... Yeah. Yeah, okay. What are we going to do about it? I mean, this is the white man's burden. No, no. It's no, no longer, it's really not. That's <laughs> no. the thing that's fascinating is that we're turning a blind eye in our concept of, in our concept that slavery is a thing of the past um, and that specifically uh, American slavery is the worst. We're ignoring 
I mean, fifty million people well, is 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 like seventeen times more than there were even African slaves in the United States. It's a huge problem. It is all over the planet, and we're ignoring it while it's happening now. Well, there was that we're hot moment. We're talking a lot about reparations now, and I think reparations should be made, but we're yeah. talking a lot about reparations now in the United States. But there are 50 million people enslaved all across the globe. You know, in about 200 years, we'll be talking about reparations for them. Why don't we do something about it now? Do you remember, I think it was 20... 2011, maybe 2012, the Joseph Coney thing, where Coney was like that warlord in Africa? Yeah. Somewhere in yeah, Africa. Yeah, I think that's right. One, um, of, one of the nation states, sure. Yeah. And he was grabbing these, these children and turning them into soldiers and... Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it was slavery, but I'm sure there was some slavery. No, slavery adjacent if, if at the very if least. You're, if you if you are kidnapped and you're thrown into servitude, that's okay. what sleep. That's the definition of slavery. So well, yeah, I don't know if the yes, kids. I don't know if, the, if he was like putting money away for their college fund or their summer camp fund or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're forced into labor. That's slavery. Yeah. But if you're getting paid for, eh, all right. I'm sure he wasn't paying them. But anyway, there was this like three weeks in American in the American zeitgeist. <laughs> Where we were up in arms about this Joseph Coney guy, and some fucking handsome surfer dude in San Diego made a video about it, and yep. God, it went viral, and we were gonna fucking stop Joseph Coney, we were gonna get him, and everything was gonna be better, we are gonna save these children, and Michelle Obama was behind it, and then the dude got caught jerking off under a San Diego highway in his truck, Yeah, and we all kind of went... it was over. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we don't... Don, we don't fucking care if it doesn't fit yes, our, I, our narrative in that moment. Speaking of not caring, our number four, Ken Starr, who turned a blind eye to rape and defended a sex trafficker, dead at 76. Yeah, I missed this. I mean, I saw the headline, but I missed the story, and I need to go back and read it. Um, how did he die? Do we know? I didn't even read it. I just know it's in Rolling Stone. He's old. He's 76. Okay. Probably a heart attack. It's not that old. I mean, old. I don't know. It was, well, he's not that old, but he probably, hold on. I don't know how he died. I just, I, I was, as as a child of the 80s who still, to this day, loves Bubba, I love Mike Clinton, and I'm always going to love Bill Clinton, and it doesn't matter what you say, I'm always going to love Bill Clinton. Well, um, he was uh, Brett Kavanaugh's, you know, lawyer yes, daddy. Yes, he was, but he worked on, but, the, on the whole Whitewater but I, Clinton thing. This thing is, I will always remember him as the guy. He died from complications from surgery in Houston, oh, Texas. That's all it says. See, that's what you can't. The penis enlargement surgery is not. It's really it's still, not it's a good super call. experimental still. Like, you've got to be careful. Yeah. Well, and it's like, well, it's like you. Maybe he was going in for a vasectomy. And yeah, uh, even at 76, because he wants to get his fuck on. He, he represented Jeffrey Epstein, so he wanted to get his fuck on with the young children and uh, didn't want to impregnate them because there's no more abortion. Uh, so, okay. You know, is that just, I was going to ask yeah. you, what is the turns a blind eye to rape? Was he Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer? He was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ken Starr's a gigantic piece of shit. He was. He was known for. He was known for. Well, actually, I take it back. He was known for probing Bill Clinton's affair, mishandling sexual assault cases at Baylor, and helping Jeffrey Epstein secure a sweetheart deal. That's what the Rolling Stone headline is. 
He was yeah. Baylor's president. I forgot about that because I we had um yeah he's I a had, bad guy. He Baylor was a, was a shitty dude, man. A client of ours. I did a thing on Baylor. And I was as I was when I first started it at at my agency. I was at August Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, Ken Starr was their president. Weird, gross. Yeah. I'm not gonna hold it against yeah. him, but ew. But he's a bad guy. He's yeah. he's, a, he's 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 just yeah. a bad guy. So there you go. Number five. Have you heard of quiet quitting? <laughs> Shut up. Have you heard of quiet quitting? Yeah, I've heard of quiet quitting. The article in uh, Inc. Magazine is quiet quitting is just a trendy new name for a very old idea. And that old idea is just doing your job. Yeah, this this whole quiet quitting thing. It's basically saying like, look, y'all pay me for 40 hours. I'm going to put in 40 hours. I'm not going above and beyond. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. No. Them's the rules that we wrote. We abide by them. Okay, fine. Here's where my annoyance kicks in. All right. I I like the annoyance. And I, I think you're of the same, cut from the same jib here, is that like, you should always go above and beyond. Like I to, agree. To a degree, I always think when I worked when I worked at the Spirit of Chicago downtown, one of the cruise ships off of Navy Pier. This one was, of, this you were fourteen or something. What I was uh, actually, I started the night I turned nineteen. Yeah. Okay, so you're nineteen. You're still in your teens. Yeah. Um, aside from aside from sixty one year old Joe Janes, no one outside their teens works for the Spirit of Chicago or uh, an architectural boat tour. So uh, does Joe work the for the Spirit? One. I don't know. No, it's not the spirit, but he is actually, he works for like one of the, arch, like one the boat them? tours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of his part-time jobs is the boat tours. And my joke is it's him and a bunch of like, like kids that Hot didn't want to work teenagers. at McDonald's. Yeah. 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 Or just out of work or out of work. Um, unemployed. No. Um, or guys, or guys who married a woman or guys who married a woman who became a prostitute and blew his life up and he had to do something for money. So why not work in a boat? There you go. Yeah. I, look, man, there's no shame in that. But anyway, one of the like during training. Oh, no, the there's a lot they, of shame. No, there, no, there's, no, not. there's a lot of shame in that. No, there's there's intense shame. <laughs> So one of the things they taught us in training <laughs> at the Spirit of Chicago was that there's no such thing as not my job. And that, that stuck with me because I always felt that way. I mean, you know, there's limits to everything, right? Like you can't, you can't be super George Bailey. You have to be like a measured George Bailey who goes above and beyond and is a little more selfless and picks up the slack even though, you know, it might cost you five extra hours in your work week. But I also get it. So... I don't know. I, I I guess it's just like well, look. There's I, just I can't, a sense of in, there's a sense uh, of entitlement that I a I agree with. I think it's yeah. high time that 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 low wage workers kind of step up and say, "Fuck yeah. you! You can't ask me to go work sixty hours and and you're paying me subpar wages to begin right. with." Right. On the other hand, you're not going to get better than the subpar wages by quiet quitting. You're always going to be stuck in the. It, you got to find, yeah. You got to find like raise, yeah. raise the, the 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 bar of where you'll quit. If you quit quietly, you're going to be living uh, jobless loudly. That's how it's going to work. Either just either work, or quit. Yeah, 
maybe bring it up to your just boss your, before you quit. You know, have that discussion yeah, first. Yeah, just do your thing. Yeah. All right, number six in the final Rorschach live-action trailer of The Little Mermaid featuring a black <laughs> Ariel has hit 1.5 million dislikes on YouTube Jesus. within two days. People are really pissed off about this black Ariel. Okay. Which I think is crazy, but they're, they're really angry about it. So uh, what do you think? Are they thought? pissed off thoughts? that it's a black Ariel because Ariel in the yeah. original was white? Or are they pissed off because it's a black person? Or are they pissed off because Disney keeps making shitty live action films? Um, I really think it's not the third. I'm pretty okay. sure it's 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 the fact that that there is a whole contingent of people. Now, granted, and if, and I just want to point this out because it always the headlines. There are 330 million people in the United States. Yeah. There are eight billion people globally in the world. Mm-hmm. And those 1.5 million dislikes ain't that fucking much. No. Contextually, that's not a lot. However, is that a lot for dislikes enough... on YouTube? Though, is that like why it may have bubbled up to the? I, you know, I don't know, but YouTube's global, so it, all I know is apparently there are some people that are very upset that uh, they are that the woke culture, and you know, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, is is supplanting a white cartoon character with a black live actor. And while my only, see, my only criticism is that, and I actually think it's appropriate, is that if you look at the, what's her name? Her name's Hallie Bailey. Um, She sounds great in the trailer. My only issue is that her eyes, you know, she has that that Gene Triplehorn thing where her eyes are like really far apart. (laughs) Like a fish. Which... Well, and that's the thing, is I don't find it attractive. I find the eyes, the trout eye thing is kind of, uh, it, it's, it's just off-putting to me. However, highly be better appropriate if you said the walleye. The walleye Okay, there you thing. go, the walleye. She's got the walleye. I mean, she's a very lovely woman, but there is that walleye thing going on. However, very appropriate for a mermaid. So I right. I, I just don't, right. I don't, I don't see what the deal is. There, even to the point where there was an AI guy that, that replaced her with a white version of her oh, in a God. video and that and they got banned on Twitter. I mean, this is a people are really Yikes. fucking freaking out about this black Ariel in the live action Little Mermaid. So what are your thoughts about I mean all of this? Because it's a lot of this. Look, man. I don't I don't care. I I mean first of all I'm probably not gonna see the movie because no live action Disney film has been worth the four minutes I, that no, I could spend I, watching before no, I want to eat I my dis- own brain. I disagree because I think both uh, versions of the the Jungle Book, both the Jungle Book on Disney and Mowgli on Netflix, both were exceptionally good. That's true. Good. I forgot about the Jungle Book. The Jungle both Book of them was were not really, bad. really good. Yeah, they, I, I thought they were excellent, and I liked both of them. Even though that's John Favreau, because John Favreau's capable, that's and somehow Disney yeah, didn't no. stifle him. Um, I, something like that. But yeah, I the, think the live action. I mean, yeah, the, those this, are the live actions kind of crappy. I guess there could be issue. I mean, if it's a race thing, a racist thing, fuck off, eat shit and die. Just, I'm not even going to entertain any more than that. Just, if you're a racist that doesn't like seeing black people on screen, or there was a white woman and now she's black, fuck you. If that's the issue, go eat shit and die. If the issue is about 
canon and source material. Okay. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't care. For example, when Nick Fury in the Marvel films, Marvel Cinematic Universe, Nick Fury is black. In the Marvel comics, Nick Fury was not black. He's white. But now now Nick Fury... It's black. The MCU changed it. So, like, in all the cartoons well, and all the other... Actually, I, I beg to defer. The MCU did not change it. The comic books changed it. Because if you if you go <gasps> you're back... Right. That, no, you're right. You're because right. they did the Ultimate Avengers, and right. those guys decided that... The, I think it was Garth Ennis, but they wanted to... Yep. So, you had Steve... I forgot you had, about this. You had you're Bruce right. Banner was, was, Bruce Banner was basically Steve Buscemi. They drew Steve Buscemi. Yeah. They drew Samuel L. Jackson. They didn't draw just a black Nick Fury in those comics. They drew yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Instead of Chris Evans, they had Matthew McConaughey was their version of, of they were uh, casting America. it. Yep. Yeah. They were casting it. And so that's so it happened before the MCU. It was okay. in the comics, and the MCU went, fucking A, that's a great idea. And it was and, and it, it continues. Was and to is, be so. Yeah. But he, okay, so here's another version of that. Valkyrie. Has Valkyrie yeah. ever been anything but a blonde white woman blonde, in the comics? White. No. And now never. she's a a black woman. Yeah. Was there any Which, upset over that? Well, you know, the, the thing I think is interesting, uh, there was actually. Um, but what I of think Of course is there was, because people are assholes. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, there are two kinds. And this, is, and this is my perspective. I've been thinking about a lot about this because of the. Have you been watching The Rings of Power at all? No, the Lord, the Lord. Okay, no, I I love on. it. I fuck. I, see, I love my Lord of the Rings, and I love it. Yeah. But there is one elf. There is one elf played by uh, a Cubano, uh, Latino African man, and he is a great character. And he is first of all, this guy looks like what an he moves like an elf. I mean, I really like this actor. He's really doing a a smashing job. However, there are people... How does an elf move? Is it like the one you saw in the sanctuary, the zoo, at Lincoln Park Zoo? When no, you... it's like Legolas. It's like uh, there, there is there is a, an elegance to the movement. Okay. And uh, he, So he, elves he, are he elegant. Just, I, Got it. Yeah, and I think they're very graceful and oh, also okay. quite violent. But I think he's great. Anyway, there's a great big hoorah because there were no black elves in, uh, in, in Tolkien. In Middle-earth, yeah. There, I, Here's things. I think there are two kinds of, I won't call it colorblind casting, but I think that might, or racially ambiguous casting. I'm not mm-hmm, sure how to put it. Mm-hmm. But there is the kind where you take, like when, uh, when uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Jody Ellis Smith or Jody Turner Smith. Jody Turner Smith played Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn mm-hmm. is a historical character. She was a white woman. They cast a black guy. Hamilton. Those were all white characters that they cast. Like, that's one thing, and it's a different thing. It's a different thing than this. That is an intentional... Is like, it's like, a Bridger, like Bridgerton? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, Bridgerton... Again, Bridgerton are fictional characters. There's a difference okay. between casting oh, okay. an actual person who was white with a black or latino character that's well, but this feels this feels that, really close to like thing. something like the whiz this, where you like you cast a well, black that, so you can like for a, a again, purpose for a reason well the thing is this is the thing i think is a most new story interesting about. Okay. Yeah. yeah the thing i think is most interesting about it and i'm quite really parsed it out is what i think is fascinating and since you're not ring, watching rings of power you won't really under you'll have to take my word for the context what is fascinating is 
This is a black elf. He is his skin color is not acknowledged at all, because in Tolkien that's just not a thing. You know, it's just not a thing. Color, color, racism by that. But he is look. He is racially profiled by the the in in the show the white villagers because he's an elf. But what's interesting about that mm-hmm. is as an elf in that world, he is the oppressor. He is not oppressed mm. because of his elfness. He's not oppressed because of his skin color. He is the oppressor because the elves are occupying that particular area and the mm-hmm. white villagers are the oppressed. And they have a unique opportunity to play with the fact that race, that the skin color race, really doesn't matter. And what I think is fascinating mm. about things like Ariel becoming, you know, and, and casting a black actress as Ariel or cla- casting a black actor as an elf in Tolkien or, you know, Bridgerton is, is the, I think the political agenda is to see this as highly progressive. And I think the progressive thing is to understand that for the most part and for most people and for almost every other element, race doesn't matter what you do matters. And that's what I like about a black Ariel. It doesn't matter that she's black. Nobody in that movie, I guarantee yeah. you, there isn't a single character in that movie, that live action movie of the Little Mermaid is going to go, and and you had 400 years of slavery to deal with. Nobody's going to say that because it doesn't <laughs> matter in that right. world. Right. She's a mermaid. That's the point. And I love that. And I think that's important. And so I, yeah, I, I it's got to be know. an issue of that's my childhood, and I think of Ariel as white with red hair. Who, who gives a shit? You know, it's a fucking fictional character. I mean, yeah, we're also we're dealing in a world where, with mermaids, and where the bad guy is a purple octopus, octopus lady. Like, David, David, we live in a world with QAnon and and the big lie. So the idea that people believe that a mermaid's real is not that big a stretch. I guess. Yeah, it's what a dumb thing. Jesus Christ! More people need their basements flooded and their car batteries to die because that's shit that matters. There are six things you should do this week. My first thing this week, to what we were talking about, um, this is in the Atlantic, shocker. It's by Carolyn Mims Nice. Uh, the cure for burnout is not self-care. And this is a discussion about quiet quitting. Yep, I read that. My first thing is Cobra Kai, motherfuckers. Oh, season yeah. five, Cobra Kai, fuck off. Season five, Cobra Wait, Kai. Wait, is it season five? Oh, it is season five, and there will be a season six. I'm They've telling done you, five seasons already. Jesus, wait yeah, a minute, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, what it's happens? Just, and first this, season, run this. Th- I, the first season, first season is just Johnny and, and it's just Johnny and uh, and uh, Daniel. Daniel son. Second season adds Crease. Which is so Third the first season, season ends with the kick at the like the big high school fight, right? No, that's the second season. That's second season, yeah, because Crease gets involved. Crease, right. Third season is Daniel Sun and Johnny aligning against Crease. Eagle, what is it? It's it's Miyagi e- Fang. Miyagi Fang, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? God, Fourth Eagle season Fang. is 
Fourth season, Kreese brings in Terry Silver. Right. Okay. And then this is the fifth season. Kreese is in jail. Kreese is out of it, yeah. At the Yeah. Well, no, he's not out of it. Well, but I mean Have he's you like, not watched these I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, he's but he's yeah. Okay. He's not he's definitely and most specifically not out of it, but he is in prison okay. in season five. Uh, Terry Silver has taken over the Cobra Kai name and is trying to expand it globally. Johnny has given up and decided he doesn't want to have any part of it. Danielson, because they lost the thing, has had to close Miyagi Dojo. Miyagi, yeah, right, it, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, and, but season five, here's the thing I love about this show, and it just, I, I've, I've never seen a show that does it this effectively. Not even Breaking Bad, or uh, I will I will argue Better Call Saul, but I have not finished. I'm watching, but I've not yeah. finished the sixth season. But I've never seen a series where the first season was fun, and then they upped it, and mm-hmm. then they upped it again, and then they fucking upped it again. Each season has been better, more exciting. It's just, and this season five, it is one of the most satisfying. Like last three episodes, it just blows my mind how much fun they are, and they and they set it up with a cliffhanger. There will be a season six. I gotta say about this show that the the emotional oh, engine, so good. the emotional oh, engine, God. the backbone of the show, the heart, the soul, the mind of the show, like the, the just the most important parts of the body of this show, I believe rest in Johnny. In his, it's his journey through all of it. It is, I mean, other characters have journeys as well, but it is Johnny's well, you know, journey that I am invested in. It Johnny, is his attitude, is his it's, it's his humor, it is his attitude, it is his, you're rooting for a it's fucking him dumbass evolving. who's not he's, a dumbass. He's trying it's, to evolve, yeah. This is a well, build on thought, about, about Johnny. It is beautiful. I it's thought about operatic. this and I watched it, I thought it, and while you and I were never high school rivals... There's absolutely no question in my mind that in this context, you are Daniel and I am Johnny. Um, it's just because I'm way more regressive than you are and more reticent to evolve. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, but I still but I still want to. That's what I love about Johnny is he he does try so I still, hard. The thing is, I'm still a guy who loves his Def Leppard and still calls titties titties. It's just me. <laughs> And that's Johnny. I don't I don't drink Coors Banquet, but and I don't always understand the attitudes of the youth, but that's me. And, I'm sorry, did you, what did you, uh, you, know, what did you I, say? What? Did you just say youth? Yeah, that's from a movie. What is a youth? Have you seen my cousin Vinny? Are you fuck have you seen my cousin Vinny? I just did the bit, you idiot. You just you just asked me the Ute. Who, what's a Ute? Oh, I you were doing that. You were oh setting me up. Oh you my were, god! I'm sorry. Oh my! You were setting me god. up. And that concludes the final episode of the Apecast. Twenty twenty two is a rough year for Don Hall. He lost a wife. He lost a friend. <laughs> and like, I really done. and I really blew a setup. I really blew a setup. Oh my that god. was so obvious. I apologize for losing the setup. <laughs> Yes. All right. All right. I'm sorry. You know, I, it just, I, I went in a direction. I was focused on the Johnny part, not the uh, the, the Joe Pesci part. So you got to keep right, up, what's your man. You're, two? Not, you're not new to this thing. Um, That's true. My, my number two is a watch. 
Um, I think it was, was it last week? Maybe a couple weeks ago, I, I gave you a YouTube channel to watch. Um, yes. This is another one <coughs> that is similar. This, this one also reviews songs and music. It's mm. not as irreverent and, and funny and drawn out and produced. But it's interesting, it's clever, and it's shorter. It's kind of more bite-sized. This is um, Justin Hawkins' Rides Again. What's great about it is that it's <laughs> Justin Hawkins is the lead singer of The Darkness. Okay. British band, the metal metal pop, whatever the fuck you call them. Doesn't matter. Rock and roll band, um, which I love. I fucking love The Darkness. That music is fun. It is, it's, it's ear candy. It's, just, it's fucking great. And Justin it's Hawkins darkness. is just really charming and funny. And and kind. So when he's like, even when he's like, <laughs> does a review on Limp Biscuits, uh, Roland, whatever the fuck that song is, he's very polite about how. Look, it's shit. There's nothing to it. That's okay. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. That you don't give a fuck. They didn't try. And that's the game. It's okay. <laughs> there's there's room in the world for. This kind of bullshit. It's fucking cool. It's just, it's so... <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's a fun little thing. So like, you know, if you're killing time on the shitter and you got 12 minutes, you know, watch Justin Hawkins Rides Again. It's, it's entertaining. And you, and you like music. That's good. Who doesn't like music, All right, though? My what the sec- fuck? But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're good. Number My, my number two is on uh, Barry Weiss Substack at Substack.com, the Common Sense Substack, it is a series of short articles called 10 Years of Tinder, Love and Hate Stories. Oh, God. Susie Weiss, Susie Weiss, who's Barry's sister, did a really nice report on how Tinder has effectively neutered a generation. That there's an entire generation of people who kind of really dated on Tinder who now don't even have sex anymore. And, uh... And so this is what is what's really interesting is this is a whole bunch of people that are very sort of influential in writing about the internet and its effects on people. And there are a number there's like six or seven essays by six or seven authors of note. Um, and some of them are very, very positive about the effects of Tinder, and some of them are like, yeah, Tinder is a bad thing, just like all social media. It's a really because and the only reason it's important is that yeah, Tinder turned ten years old this month that's fucking crazy but 10 years yeah so it's it's it is absolutely a really fascinating read what i like about it more than anything else is that it really does give you sort of that that elephantine let's look at all parts of this mm-hmm. from here's some positive here's some negative let's take a look at it it's a great read it's a great read okay uh, my third thing this week is if you own a home check your homeowner's insurance <laughs> See, I'm, I'm i'm not kidding i am Deadly serious about this. Check to make sure that you've got sewer backup or something along those lines that if your house floods, that you're covered. If it's not a flood. Like, do you understand the difference here? Like, it's super important because it's saved our ass. Um, just check it out. Just check it out because that's, that's an important thing. If you're not a homeowner, uh, then... Fuck off. Here's a note to self. Um, watch Cobra Kai, David. Yes, definitely watch Cobra Kai. Absolutely. I will be doing that. I will be propping up my my iPad and watching it while I do these these filthy dishes tonight. I think that's appropriate. And mine is if you, like you said, if you had a house or house insurance, 
Um, if you have a child like Jonathan Beardmore, um, I'm going to give you a list. I'm going to give you this list right now, and I don't care if it's DVDs. I don't care if it's streaming. I don't care. But I want you to compile this list because your child needs to watch this. Commando from 1985. Mm. Rocky Four from 1985. Police Story with Jackie Chan, which is 1985. Octopussy. Oh, God. James Bond, 1983. Raiders of the Lost Ark, 81. First Blood, 82. Robocop, 87. Ugh. Aliens, 86. Predator, 87. The Terminator, 84. And finally, Die Hard, 1988. That's just a start. Your child, and maybe you, you fucking weak-ass soy boy goddamn millennial, you need a heavy diet of 80s action films, you will learn so much about yourself, you will learn so much about life, Bro. and you will also learn that, dude, titties are called titties. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?